Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by your friendly neighborhood tailor-made rep, Eric Johnson. He's damn good at golf, having won the Manitoba Mid-Am in 2016 and 2019, and was also nominated as the Golf Manitoba Player of the Year for 2018. When not repping the brand full-time, you can find him pin-hunting at Breezy Bend. We're back and uh, super excited, as we say with all our guests, to uh, bring in this guy. Well, I guess what we can start off with a nickname. Is it Easy e Is it EJ? Do you just go by Eric, or what do you go by? You kind of, yeah, you covered a few of them. Okay, Easy yeah. e is my online handle ej a lot of people call me that eric johnson johnny i got a few of them does anyone call you shithead <laughs> sometimes yeah my wife yeah i was gonna yeah, say one I thing the same I, thing <laughs> eric did you know you have a lot of doppelnamers are you familiar like, with the term doppelnamers like other Eric Johnsons and other parts of the world, parts of the globe. Exactly. Other famous player. people named Eric Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. There has been a couple. There was even like a, a pro golfer in the States in Arizona. That was Eric Johnson as well. And I remember, I mean, we'll get into it later, but when I played down there one winter, a guy thought I was a totally different <laughs> yeah, I was do, I was trying to do some research, and there's a few other Eric Johnsons. Uh, unlike myself, Mike Smith, there's not many other Mike Smiths. <laughs> but uh, anyways, you're the best one. All right, <laughs> so we'll we'll get into the golf side of things. So Eric, EJ, how did you get into the game of golf? Uh, yeah, I guess I mean it would be a lot like a lot of other. Um, you know, golfers around our age, it's, it's my grandfather got me into the game back when I was young, I would say maybe 10 to 
12 years old, uh, maybe is when I first started playing. He just kind of had some older clubs or whatever, and he was an avid golfer. So he, he would take me out to the course and let me chip and putt around at Tuxedo, I think was my first ever spot where I tried it out because that's where he would play uh, on like Thursday mornings. So I started off, you know, not taking it super seriously, maybe when I was, yeah, like I say, around 12. And then I think I got my first ever membership at Charleswood Golf Course, which is oh yeah now since put, put a road through it a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, and dogs are uh, shitting all over it now. It's a dog park. Right. Yeah, part of it's a dog yeah. park. There's still two holes there that are, you could kind of see the outline of where they would have been, but the rest of it's a road. It was just a nine hole and it was, I mean, I grew up in Charleswood, so I could ride my bike over there um, in about 10 minutes and, and sort of play and practice all summer. I think when I was, I guess, 13, is uh, I was only a member there the last year that it existed, I think. So my kind of claim to fame is I was the last junior club champion of Charleswood Golf Course ever. Hallelujah. I think I've got... Uh, wow. Yeah. I think I've got the trophy buried somewhere for that, but, uh, yeah, it was a great little spot to, to play. And, um, I think when they put the road through it for the next year or two, I didn't really have a membership or anything. I, I was big into soccer back then and I played a bunch of soccer, but I didn't really love soccer the way I kept, I kept, I would like, I'd have practices and games, but I'd be wanting to go play golf or hit balls or, or, or that type of thing. So when I was 16, I think maybe, yeah, 16, uh, I got a job at Breezy Bend Country Club um, washing dishes so that I could, back then when you worked there, you could have a little bit of playing privilege and they had no, they had no spot open in the, in the pro shop or the back shop or whatever, but they had a dishwasher spot. And I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to, I'd like to play here and practice. So I took that job. Um, from there, the next year I got a spot doing the range. Uh, so that was a huge promotion. <laughs> I, right out of the, the dishwashing pit into the driving range, which I loved because part of that was, the first thing you do in doing the driving range is take an old club and go into the bushes that lined each sides of breezy bend range and chip out all the balls that you could find. So it was like, this is awesome. I'm getting paid to like kind of hit, hit golf balls and pick them up. <laughs> and, and I got to play in practice there. And, um, yeah, then I guess high school and all through university, I started working my way up at Breezy Bend. I was on the range and then I went to the back shop for a while and then I got moved up into the front shop where I was, you know, behind the desk. Uh, that's through through university where, you know, and at the time I was, uh, you know, still playing junior tournaments and then, and then kind of improving. And uh, when I was 19, I got I got a spot on the U of M Bison's golf team. So that was like kind of my big kick point. Like as a junior, I wasn't uh, like some, some of the really good juniors at the time. Like I was decent and I was competitive, but I kind of got better as I, as I progressed. And just to get a spot on the Bison's team was like my lifelong goal come true. It was like unbelievable. I was playing university golf and I was thrilled about it. Right. Um, so I guess I kind of moved my way up through the team and played in practice and got better and got better. And, and Garth Goodbranson and Derek Ingram were the coaches. 
uh, Derek Ingram is now a national team coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was a very good learning experience and, and sort of put me on my path to, to loving the game and, uh, and that type of thing. Um, so that was great. Uh, so my kind of all through university, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do in life. I didn't want to, I didn't have a plan, right. I was kind of going to school, playing golf and, and, thinking I might explore it after I graduated. So, um, my, my kind of plan and goal at the time was finish my degree, work a year, save up a bunch of money and head down to Arizona on my own dollar in my car and just, just play practice and, and live the dream for a year and see like, you know, how good can I be at this game? Can I, can I improve and, you know, maybe play pro, right? That's always the kind of goal. And there's a lot of, um, of people that want to do that and different roads to take. But that was sort of my plan. I, I didn't have a ton of money or backing from my family or sponsors or any of that you kind of hear about. So I had my 2001 Pontiac Sunfire and I strapped it, <laughs> strapped it up. And uh, That's amazing. Two door? Yeah. Or Sorry? Four, was it a two door or four door? They had some. It was four a four door. door. Yeah, yeah, it was a luxury sedan. <laughs> <laughs> were you yeah. sleep? Were you sleeping in there at all? Uh, no sleeping. I uh, I got I found a place online, and it was like a furnished apartment, and it was a five minute walk from a from a golf course that had a driving range. I'm like, yeah, this sounds this sounds what I need to do. So I I got there and I pull up and there's a, a security gate and uh, it was a lot sketchier in person than it looked like on the internet, <laughs> but it, it had a bed, it had a, um, a shower, it had a kitchen and that's all I needed. Right. I was like, okay, here I am. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, so I spent that whole winter um, playing and practicing and playing little mini tour events as an amateur, just sort of getting the, the feel of it. And it was like, <sighs> It was pretty, it was an awesome experience, but it was pretty eye opening too, where like I was playing some of these mini tour events, you know, and I would, I would show up at the course and I would, you know, these guys you've never even heard of, right. They're not on the Canadian tour. They're not on the corn Ferry tour, like let alone the PGA tour. You had never even heard of these guys. And I would go out and I would shoot like 71 and I'd be like pretty happy with my round. And it's like 63, 64, 65 from, <laughs> wow. from these local type driving range guys, you know, and it's like, wow. Okay. So if these guys are not good enough to go on the next step. Like how many levels are there to this? Right. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, but I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was an awesome mm-hmm. year. I spent a full year down there doing that and, and definitely improved, got better. Um, but it was also kind of like, um, yeah, maybe pro golf is a bit of a, a pipe dream, just seeing how many good players there are and how good you have to be and how much money you have to have to, to sort of back you. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's expensive. Like, um, so not to, I mean, this is a long winded story. This is my life story here, but we're going to wrap up That's the pod good. after you're done. Yeah. We're, we're set. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for doing our job for us. This is awesome. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it all, no, it all leads to now. So I'm going to keep going. But, um, at the time I didn't know anyone down there and, um, how old were you? Uh, 25, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, 25, I'd say this is going on nine years ago. Um, 
I, uh, what I would like, I was a big poker player at the time. So all I would do is go to the casino at night by myself and play poker. And, uh, and you know, I wasn't making huge money, but I was winning pretty consistently wow. to the point where at the end of my winter in Arizona, I came home with more money than I left with. Right. Wow. Like wow. not much, but a little bit. And I still had my, you know, I paid for my rent and my gas and my golf and, um, and all that stuff. So I'm kind of thinking like, Hey, like maybe I'll give this poker thing a try for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's cause it's, you know, it gives you the freedom to play golf in the day. And, uh, so that's kind of what I did for, for maybe four or five years is I just played poker. Um, and I actually had some pretty good success early on where I won some tournaments. I made, I made some money and, and, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this. Why would I get a real job? This is, this is way too much fun and allows me too much freedom to golf. So, so I did that for, yeah, call it four years. And, um, about, I guess now, yeah, that put me at about 28. Um, a friend of mine, a rival now rival golf brand rep, uh, I won't say who it is, but I mean, initials, can we give initials? Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Phil Mickelson just got dropped by them. So we'll say that. Um, Kirkland. They, that's right. Kirkland. Yeah. Uh, he got the job as the rep and he's a friend of mine. And, uh, he said, Hey, I need a tech rep who a tech rep is like a demo day helper. So they, they kind of come out during demo days and help out and they put on events and uh, they can run the tea at men's nights and that type of thing. Right. Just sort of a, a summer helper job. And I'm like, yeah, this sounds awesome. So I, I, it was something else fun to do and, and gets me my foot in, in the golf industry kind of. So I did that for uh, two summers, I think, while still kind of playing poker. And at the time, um, you know, poker was getting harder to win at people are getting better. There was kind of a big boom back, you know, 10 yeah. years ago yeah. where it was, it was kind of easier to make some money and, and it was getting harder. And I was kind of seeing the writing on the wall, like, okay, I'm almost 30 and my, you know, um, I don't know how much longer I can kind of live this, this type of lifestyle. Um, and just complete luck of the draw, um, tailor made the rep job came open for that uh, a little bit had to do with um adidas was the owner of TaylorMade, and they sold it off so some ownership changed hands and there was a bit of decision making at the top and whatever anyways this this manitoba rep job came open i saw it and because and i was this tech rep for the other guy um i kind of had some ins with the pros uh got some good reference letters uh, i applied went through the whole process and boom um got the job and it was like, it was amazing. Cause it's, I, I love it. And it's a dream job. And now this would be my fourth, fourth year as the tailor-made rep now. So sorry, that was quite a long, long winded an- answer to your question, but that was a little perfect. bit of content. Answered all my questions. actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike, Mike does all That's, the research and yeah, that pretty much answered what everything. A, yeah. What a, 
What a story. Yeah, and before, Mike, before you get into another question and another 10-minute response, I do want to say that uh, the Nick and Nicky group of DQs are going to be hooking you up uh, as well. Uh, you and the Fam Jam, we're not sure what it's going to be yet. It might be an 8-inch custom DQ cake. It might be a bunch of burgers, a bunch of chicken strips, a bunch of fries. Yeah. Whatever it is, um, they're, they're a huge supporter of the show, so we want to say thanks to them. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park and the Food Court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. So yum 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 mm. yum yum, and you're actually on. I mean, what if it? Yeah, what if it was uh, when it? What if it was an eight inch custom cheeseburger? That would be solid. Eight inch. I, mean, <laughs> I heard they got some new cheeseburgers there, or new burgers, like new burger lineup, triple stacked or whatever it is. Yeah, pretty uh, pumped to get over there. Yeah, well, I know you will. <laughs> right. <laughs> well. Yeah. It is a uh, veggie week or whatever, isn't it? Uh, I've, I've been trying some, some, some vegetable. Uh, You've been throwing options. some celery in the, in the gullet. Oh yeah. All day, all day. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, we're not going to be giving Eric any celery <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> unless it's in a Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I want to run reel it back here a little bit. U uh, of M, sure. it sounded like it looked like you guys had some success with that team. Is that is that accurate? Um, yeah, um, the the U of M program was was sort of when I joined was kind of. Uh, sort of picking up i would say uh like the college generation before me was sort of when it started like oh two or maybe 2001 is when it really started and it was pretty makeshift like they they might have played one or like two to three events a year and they they didn't have too much of a program but it was kind of starting off and when i came in i guess it was uh oh six was my first year it was kind of getting off the ground um and we would travel to to the States basically every weekend in the fall, probably five or six events. Uh, and then once out to BC for, for the UVic UBC tournament. So we got a lot of good golf and we would drive down to like Fargo, Bemidji, Minnesota, uh, St. Cloud, these type of places every weekend. And we get two to three rounds of competitive golf in uh, against these sort of D2, sometimes D1 schools from the States. And we really had a lot of success at the time. You were right. We were doing very well in those tournaments down there. We had, we had a great lineup of, of players like um, thinking like Jesse Skelton was on the team. Who's still a friend of mine. Like he won the Manitoba amateur myself, Bobby Weeb, who's done well. Um, Ryan cook who plays at Glendale. He's still a very good player. Um, so we did, we, we did quite well. Uh, and then after I graduated, that kind of my team graduated, I think it was 2012, 13, maybe the, the national championship was held at Southwood and the Bison team won that year. Wow. So they do have one, one tight national title under their belt. My, myself, I never got there. We, we did, we did decent at the nationals. We were always kind of, you know, maybe top five, but we could, the UBCU Victoria, like, they're strong. They, they get to play all year round. Right. And, right. And, uh, so we, we can never really compete with them at my, my level, but the, the program is, it's awesome and it's only doing better. And I, I even talked to, uh, to, to, to Derek Goodwin, who you guys have had on the show, coach of the team now, uh, they're going out to Victoria this week, I think for a tournament. So 
Um, but yeah, like we're talking about those, these kids have been indoors all winter and those guys have been yeah. practicing. So they're behind yeah. the April. Right? Crazy to think of, uh, them going out to Victoria right now and golfing. And when we got six feet of snow outside, <laughs> I know, right. Frozen pipes. <laughs> Simulator. Yeah, yeah. Frozen pipes. <laughs> and, uh, and you got to tip the guy at golf zone, 200 bucks to get a, 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 uh, a tea time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's booked up for calls uh, on demands. Crazy, everyone's. Crazy oh, it's there. so wild. Yeah, you gotta, uh, you can't even, you gotta book at like midnight a week before the date, it seems like. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, moving on, I guess from that, I saw you had some success, uh, at Breezy. Was there, there was a club championship you won there? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean like in my kind of story, I've been at Breezy Bend since I was 16 now. Right. So going on 18 years and, uh, there's a, like the, there's a lot of good golfers at Breezy Bend. I would say, um, probably the, I'm going to say number one in the province. Uh, we've done so well in the Monday putter league for the last 10 years. Uh, I think we have like seven titles in 11 years and, couple of those that we didn't win were in the final. So just our crop of players there is really, really impressive. Um, and I do have two club championships there, which is, you know, uh, definitely something to be proud of because there's not a, a big deal. Players. Yeah. Not a big deal, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, there's the, the breezy band club championship is like, we joke that it's the, you know, the fourth major, or the fifth major, whatever you want to call it. Cause the field is, it's strong. Like sometimes it's, you know, you'd call it just as strong as Manitoba mid M or whatever, depending on who's playing or, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Corey Johnson, GM at breezy does an unreal job. He hypes it up and it's, it's a ton of fun to play in our club championship, uh, the, we do a shootout on Saturday nights, like a horse race type thing where there's 20 golfers that go off and you knock off two per hole and they get a big following. And, uh, I've never won that one either. That's like, that's a crown jewel in itself to win the shootout. Yeah. Can you explain that, that format just for me? I mean, I've kind of heard of it, but it is it just like an elimination thing. And, or, so yeah, just tell me how that works. Yeah, so and, our, and our listeners, obviously. It's, it's a pretty big gong show, but what, that's what makes it so fun is literally 20 guys tee off on the first hole, just one after another. Uh, and, and they get a nice crowd out watching the beer card and people are betting on it. And, uh, and then it's just low man's out. But I mean, like, uh, uh, like the, the format is such that you're probably going to have, call it five guys make a bogey on the first hole. So everyone that you know, makes a par better is through and they go on and those last five will do a chip off and the, the furthest two are out. So then 18 guys go on to the next hole. Same thing. Fire away. You hit it in the bush. You're pretty much out. Um, you know, they kind of play it out until someone, you know, they pick it up or and you get to the end. Okay. How many bogeys, whatever doubles, okay. Chip off and move on. And you just kind of keep knocking guys out until you get to the final final hole. There's usually two or three guys left and then it's more of a match play thing but it's a blast yeah sounds like it it must just hectic when you know is there 20 balls on the green or potentially yeah, yeah. like 20 tp5s on the green how do you tell which one's yours <laughs> <laughs> it is chaos everyone uh 
everyone marks their ball and, and just kind of goes and yeah, there's no real etiquette in the first few holes. It's just kind of like, you know, get through, <laughs> don't make sure two balls aren't colliding on the green midway and, and, and make it to the next goal and survive in advance. Yeah. It'd be tough to play ready golf when there's 20 guys, right? Everyone. <laughs> cool. Cool. That's all. That sounds great. Yeah. I wanted to touch on one thing that you, you did mention about uh, your time in, in Arizona and playing some of those mini tour events. Cause we had uh, Brett Monsion on Roy E. Munson and he made a, made a good, pretty good statement of how, you know, if you're, you know, the 400th best hockey player in the world, you're still on an NHL team. Like you're still playing in the best league in the world. You're the 400th right. golfer in the world. You're not getting a sniff. You're one of those driving range guys right in Arizona doing that. So that's right. So that's yeah. that kind of gives you, gives you context of, yeah, if, you know, the people who are chasing the dream kudos, but it's, it's a tough road. And, you know, case in point, we've heard it with, you know, Millsy, some of the pros that we have still in this province, like the, the club pros, you know, them chasing the dream as well and meeting up with other people and you just see it. It's, it's a grind. It is. And like, especially Arizona and Florida, which are kind of those, you know, two meccas for that, where, where all the dreamers sort of flock down every year with their money and whatever, wanting to play in practice. So there's a few guys that live around there that probably are good enough to be, you know, like a corn fairy tour type guy, but they're like, they've kind of figured it out by now. Like, why would I travel 40 weeks of the year and leave my family and live that kind of grind when I can stay here and just scoop up all these guys money that come down all year. Right. They can make their, they can make a good living, right? Like 75, a hundred grand in prize money, just kind of beating these guys that come every year with a dream. And they've, they've been there their whole lives. They've played these courses a hundred times and they just have an advantage. Right. So there's, there's definitely some names of guys down there that have, had some success on the tour like when i was down there we joined a, a course called alta mesa which let us pr- play and practice like monthly and it was, it was actually pretty awesome mm, nice. and there was a guy there named uh, charlie belgian and charlie belgian has a pga tour win as of like i think he won like in florida like six years ago or something so uh like this guy won on the pga tour and now if you look him up he's just back in arizona like (laughs) i I think he's about 40 has kids and he's it's it's too much of a grind he's just like scooping all the money in the local games instead you know (laughs) so it's uh yeah it's pretty interesting and what are you uh drinking tonight so we we do like dabbling in the libations uh what do you got rolling there this is an Irish whiskey. Um, I'm a big whiskey guy, Scotch whiskey, bourbon, even I've started to dabble in the bourbon and, uh, it's called the Irishman. And, uh, I just cracked it for, for the occasion of tonight. Oh, thank you. Wow. Just just so I could ramble a 10 minute life story to start it up. (laughs) Is is the bottle half done yet? (laughs) Not yet. I'll stay up with you guys if you want. We can see how deep we can get into it. (laughs) That's great. I love the whiskeys. I I saw that you're a big Scotch guy. I'm big. uh, I I like the Irish whiskeys, the the Jameson, obviously. And the, what is a big one was, uh, was it two sisters? It was from Minneapolis, I think. And oh, okay, neat. I haven't I haven't heard of that one, but uh, but uh, certainly the Islay scotches. I'm big into that. The, started with the Lafroy into the uh, oh. uh, what is it? 
Lagavulin. Lagavulin. Uh, I think I even wrote it down here. I'm such a loser. Oh yeah, Brooklotti. Brooklotti. I think I just like saying that. <laughs> but uh, you're yeah. So you're kind of the opposite of me. You like the the darker, peatier, heavier scotches. I'm kind of a more of a Glenfiddich, Glenmorangie, that type. Uh, sweeter like more of a lighter scotch but mm-hmm. uh, that's the that's the good thing about scotch when you get into it you you kind of figure out what you like and then you can go different routes and there's so many different kinds it's it's fun to get into certainly is and expensive yeah it can be. <laughs> yeah yeah big time. <laughs> uh I mean, keeping on arizona you had touched on uh somebody mistake mistook you mistook is that a word jr yeah, we use that word yep mistook you for uh, a, a different golfer uh the eric johnson i believe I, I was looking this one of them won a uh, u.s amateur junior amateur in 1980 uh and eric johnson so i don't know if that's, that's the same guy they mistook you for probably him yeah i think that was it because uh i think that guy is now like a club pro in the area where he was yeah. uh, but he uh similar idea went down was playing mini tour stuff and was obviously a, a stud golfer and then um and then probably kind of you know moved more into the club pro side of things and then and then i showed up on some mini tour tee sheet and one of the guys thought that it was going to be him and it was some <laughs> skinny kid from canada instead and they were like oh, you're not, you're not, what'd, you, what'd you do with eric jones <laughs> yeah he's in my sunfire <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was i was looking at, yeah i think he has a website and in one of his pictures he's with george w george w bush so really i, was like, I don't know if this is the guy yeah <laughs> No, I've uh, never met. I've never met Debbie. Not me. Oh, that's too bad. I bet he's a nice guy. <laughs> he likes to paint. He likes to paint. What can we say? Um, but uh, so, so 2019. Well, maybe stick on that. I know, Mike. You probably had some question around that. But 2019 in the Mid Am, you ended up winning that. It did. Yeah. So that what was, was that uh, like? You're going up against Mr. Fanning, who's won about seven million amateur titles in the province. And just taking that home, do you still remember that that final putt? One hundred percent. Yeah, that was special for sure. It was uh, it was a fun day. It was a fun round playing because I I that was I've won the midam before actually in twenty seventeen, but that was at Breezy mm-hmm. Bend, so that was at my own club. So yeah, it was all, like not that it doesn't count, <laughs> but it, I mean it doesn't count, right? <laughs> kind of a pretty big advantage, and like you know, Todd is obviously. I mean, Todd's for sure the best golfer in the province and kind of everyone around Manitoba knows that. Um, so if he doesn't play, it's kind of like, it doesn't count. So when I was paired with them, uh, in the final round at, at Selkirk, it was like, Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and you know, Todd's now I'd consider a friend of mine and, and we're, you know, pretty close and text a little bit and, and play some golf. And, and so we, we went out and it was, it was a lot of fun. He was playing really well. I was kind of struggling. Um, I was, uh, I would say three shots back with, no, I think it was two shots back with two holes to go. So, um, Sorry, two shots back with three holes to go. So I knew if I didn't make some birdies, it was probably going to be over. And the Selkirk finish is is pretty tricky, right? I mean, the par three 
uh, you guys, I'm sure have played it. Um, 16th hole is not definitely not a birdie hole. 17 is kind of tricky. It has a weird little green as a par four and then 18, that green is, is bonkers, right? I mean, anything can happen on that green at Selkirk. So, uh, Todd actually lipped out a short par putt on 16. So I was like, okay, only one back. Now I just need to find one. And then 17, he did the same thing. He had about a five footer and it basically horseshoed on him and came back. And all of a sudden we were tied. So I'm like, okay, like this is pretty good. And we went to the 18th hole at Selkirk, which was, you know, it's like, it's only 330 yards, but you kind of have to hit an iron off the tee because of the water. And then that green is pretty, pretty crazy sloped back to front. So, uh, we both hit good shots and then I hit mine above the hole and it did not spin back. And I'm like, Oh no, that's going to be crazy. Cause the, the greens were super fast too, uh, for the tournament. So, so he was below the hole. I was above the hole, both about 20 feet. I went first and I, I literally just nudged this putt, like just touched it and it trickled all the way down there. And, 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 it missed, but it was a tap in for par. And so, um, Todd had a putt to win up the hill. Wasn't exactly like the one you think he'd make and, and he missed. So we went to a playoff. So we went back to 18, basically rolls reversed. We both had good shots. I hit it below the hole this time and he hit it above the hole and almost had similar putts as we did in regulation. Uh, he was away. And when he hit his putt, I knew like he only hit it about a foot, but it, I knew it was too hard because I had hit the same putt earlier and you literally have to just nudge it to get it there. And so I knew if it didn't go in, it was going to go way down the hill. And it did, it messed, it just missed. Like he almost made it, but it went a good 12 feet past. Um, just didn't stop rolling. So I had the easy uphill putt lagged it close he missed his 12 footer and I just tapped in for the win and it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. I, guess, I, I guess he did, he did get his revenge, I guess you could say, cause you were up there, I think on the leaderboard last year for the Mid-Am at uh, Niaqua, which I believe is his home course, uh, Todd Fanning's home course. And he, he took home the, the Mid-Am last year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I think he ended up, Last year, Niaqua, man, that was a, it was a test. It was so much fun playing that course. The, the super Sean major, did you guys have him yes, on your yeah, show as well? We yeah. did. Yeah. He, he did an unbelievable job. Niaqua was playing so good, so firm, so fast, like, like, you know, amateur, I call him whatever your average golfer does not play a course like that uh, in Manitoba very often almost ever that was a true championship setup which we don't we we almost never get like even when we do host the manitoba amateur or or mid-am at at, um you know uh, decent courses it's not often that the superintendent takes that much pride in their course to get their course as close to call it a pga tour setup as possible but sean did and like it was i can't believe how good it was and you you saw it in scores like they were high like 
I mean, it wasn't even that windy. It was just the firmness and the speed of the greens and the way they put the pins. Like it was awesome. So Todd, you know, obviously a being the best player and B having that advantage and local knowledge, I think he ended up winning by four or five in the end. Um, but yeah, if he was, if he was on, no one was going to beat him that week. So, um, it, it was again, like I just commend Sean and, and his staff for what they did that week and getting it ready because, that needs to happen more where the superintendent says, Hey, I'm hosting an amateur event, like a provincial championship. And I'm going to make this as good as I can. You know, um, I don't know exactly how much golf Manitoba plays into that with, with getting the setup done, but I think it's really on the superintendent and, and, uh, yeah, whatever Sean did, just pass that forward for the next few <laughs> events. Oh, shout out to Sean. Yeah. What a, what a great guy. Mm-hmm. It was hot that week too, wasn't it? It was like 40 degrees or something. It was yeah. every day. It was hot. And it was, uh, yeah. If you, if you're offline, you're like sweating and angry and like, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> I wouldn't like that. I'm, a, I'm more of a, uh, we've touched on before, like a 10 degree to 15 degree Celsius. Uh, that's my prime temperature for golfing. I'm not sure about you, but yeah, I would I would say I'm, I'm I'm similar to you. I don't mind high twenties, but anything over thirty, where you know I'm getting up there in age, I've got some put on the pounds, the beer guts coming up, and it's like <laughs> it's harder now when you're getting older. It's that odd. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so you uh. Were you, were you, let's get back to Taylor made. Were you playing all Taylor made stuff, obviously in the, in the, uh, the, the mid am definitely have to. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all the best gear. Why would I not, especially with my access to it? Uh, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. Taylor made top to bottom. And, uh, and it's interesting cause we host a, a pro event every fall, like a, a Manitoba PGA event with like, you know, the local club pros. So I kind of host it and, and you do a little survey on the tee and you kind of see what's in everyone's bag and, and, um, you count up all, all the, the manufacturers and then, uh, we submit it to our head office and kind of try and bring a national number to it. So, um, if we did that for the amateur events, I think that Taylor made by far would be number one. Um, we, we sponsor the golf Manitoba events. So that yes. helps yeah. for sure. Cause there's a lot of guys that play our golf ball in the events. We give it away and we, we everyone gets a sleeve for playing with the golf Manitoba logo on it. But I mean, uh, to a man, if you, if you look in the bag of, of all the amateur guys, I think Taylor made would be number one in a lot of categories, which is, it's cool to see. It's fun to see. And that's uh, a huge perk for me and my job, right? Like I get to be there anyways, as a sponsor. Like if I didn't even play in the events, I would be expected to kind of be on site and, and you know, shaking hands and saying hi and all that stuff. So the mm-hmm. fact that they encourage me to go play and, and kind of be involved in the events is, is even more fun. And it's kind of like, um, not that I've directly made a sale on the fourth hole of a tournament <laughs> before, but I've played mm-hmm. with guys who, 
you know, they're like, Oh yeah. Like, uh, when are you coming to like, you know, if, if I'm playing with a guy from St. Boniface and he's like, when are you coming to St. Boniface to do a demo day? Oh, I'm coming this day. Okay. Well, I'll come see you. And then he brings some guys and all of a sudden I've sold four drivers, you know, it kind of mm-hmm. it helps that way in playing and being on, on the, being on the patio after with the guys too, because that's, that's half the fun is it's, it's good networking. That's what I, for sure. For sure. And I mean, you know, most of the guys competing in these amateur events, mid ams, you know, they're pretty low handicappers, but me, myself, a high, a high handicapper, I was kind of just going through what I've owned tailor made in the past and, and pretty much been almost exclusive tailor-made until recently but we don't got to get into that but i had uh, <laughs> I, I got i had the r5 the r7 i had two r9s an r11 and then uh with the irons i had an r7 iron set which i purchased from luke valgardson one of the uh one of our our previous guests uh rbz irons i won those at a social and then uh, recently I bought some, uh, I think two years ago, I bought some M4 irons. Uh, they were like a demo kit from our Wes Lessman or Les, Les, whatever his name is, you know, everyone, Les, his name's not even Les. Yeah. Is, uh, Les Westman for Les Westman. But, uh. Never got into the, the putters, never got into the spiders. Probably a little bit of an arachnophobia there. <laughs> well, every everything you're listing off is uh, like that's before my time with the company. But whenever those people show up to a, to a demo day or a fit day, if I'm doing it and and I'm kind of, you know, showing them the upgrades of, a, of an R7 versus the new Stealth driver, they're always kind of blown away and, and the upgrades in technology. And that's sort of what I say, you know, like everyone says, okay, last year, the Sim 2, okay, the new Stealth this year, like how much better is it? And you're like, you know what, it's, I'm not going to lie to you and say it's, you know, night and day, you're going to hit it 15 yards further. It's just a little bit better. And that's sort of the way they we've done it over time. Every year it gets a little bit better and a little bit better and they push the limits. So if you had an R7 driver and you come see me for a stealth, boom, you're going to get a huge gain because that's call it, you know, eight to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're a type of guy that wants the latest and greatest at all times, and you had the Sim 2 last year, you're going to get a little bit better with the stealth, right? It's just yeah. kind of what someone wants, what they're willing to pay for. And, um, and then obviously if you're, if you're looking to upgrade anything in your game, um, getting fit is important. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of do a lot of fittings and demo days in the, in the summertime, the springtime and, and some of the private clubs that, you know, offer it indoors at the, the simulators. Um, but you know, golf town is back open doing fittings. I was in there, uh, earlier this week, actually kind of doing a little training on there for their staff. So you can go to golf town, golf tech is open for fittings. Um, I know you guys have talked to Colwyn before. Um, and so, yeah, I can kind of only be so many places. Right. But there's tons of call them tailor-made staffers out there in Manitoba that, that are willing and kind of always available to, to set up fittings. Cause that's, that's really half the battle is if, if you just walk into golf town and try and pick up a driver off the rack, um, you're probably not going to get the exact benefits that you would if you actually tried it out against a couple shafts, a couple different loft heads, figured out your ball flight, 
talk to a, to a guy that knows what he's talking about on why this man might be better for you. And, and then, you know, you're going to see some, some real gains then. Yeah, well, yeah. Even on that uh, on that note, I will be going to see uh, Colwyn in a couple weeks to get a fitting. So there you go. Perfect. Because we wow. did hear that a lot. Even I, I think Derek Goodwin was one of the first to bring it up where he f- stressed the importance, no matter what your handicap uh, or swing yeah. was, you know, fitting is still very important. Yeah. Pretty yep. well, everyone we talk to, every, every single pro, they're like, do this, do this. I actually had a friend ask me the other day, may or may not sponsor the show. And he said, oh, what what, you, what brand should I get? And I said, actually, go get fitted. Go get fitted. Don't, you know, great. You can buy this new set off wherever. Go to Golf Town and buy a new set, but get fitted. Like they said, that's the number one thing. And uh, yeah, so I imagine that's pretty important. Yeah. And like golf tech, like you say, when you go there, they're like, you know, they have pretty much everything available too. So they're pretty, and I say this too, with full confidence, Hey, try all the drivers. Like, you know, I'm selling TaylorMade, but I, I'll put our driver against any other driver out there. I want you to try them all and see, see the numbers. Right. Cause I think we're going to win. So, um, some people come in with the mindset they want, they only want one thing. Uh, that's what they're going to go for. And if, if they do, that's great. And we're going to sell it to you, but there's not, there's nothing wrong with trying, trying everything. And, uh, I have full confidence that TaylorMade is going to win out, um, a lot of the time in, in, you know, in golf tech where you do have those options and, and that's cool. I have a, a funny thing, a story that relates to that, which I'm, I'm hoping you remember one of our previous guests <laughs> from season one, Ryan Bellyhandro, uh, he was mentioning <laughs> that he, I think he was at Glendale and you were doing a fitting AKA DJ Maytag, uh, told a great story about, uh, the new Sim two driver. And he was uh, he, first swing. You hand it to him and, uh, is that the simulator or whatever? And he smashes the club head on his four swing, uh, like uh, against the ceiling and this metal bar. He's saying it was not ideal. Do you recall this? Oh yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite call it, call it a fitting that I've ever had because <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah, I mean, I know Ryan from, from kind of high school and growing up a little bit. So when he came in, it was just sort of like, Hey, how you been? What's going on? Yeah. Let's sweet. Let's try, let's try some drivers. He's all pumped up. He's like, yeah, he's like, I know I want this thing. I'm going to buy it. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, like let's at least <laughs> let's, uh, you know, let's get you into the right shaft minimum. Right. You know, we'll try a few shafts and, and different heads and see if maybe one works. So he's a, he's a tall guy, but it's not like, oh, yeah. like I, I'm six, four, I think he's six, four, six, five, but he's not like six, nine and 10. Right. He's not like, completely a giant but for whatever reason like i've hit balls in there and they've had guys taller than him hit balls in there and they said they've never seen this before but his first <laughs> first swing somehow he just like high follows he's got long arms just, just drills the top of the, the simulator <laughs> and, and uh so Did the club break like, no it didn't break but like it's it's a, it's called a foresight GC Hawk. It's like forty thousand dollars. Like it's an it's an expensive thing that he hit, right? That's so later, yeah. Wow. So uh, the pro there is kind of like uh, I've never seen that before, and so now Bell's obviously rattled. So he's kind of like 
now he's swinging half follow through little like knockdown drivers. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we're like, he's like, man, I'm just rattled. I can't make my normal swing. And and so he's not hitting good. So we're like, let's go into the back shop because they have a secondary simulator there. It's not as good, but there's a little bit more room. So we go back there. He takes maybe five to 10 more swings, but you can just tell he's kind of rattled. Like he hasn't gotten one off the middle yet. And he, he walks back inside. He's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm buying it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just a, a new, newest Glendale's newest member. And then here he is breaking (laughs) shit. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, credit to him. He bought the driver and I think he said he actually loved it and he hit it great. So there you go. Yes. He, uh, he did take, uh, uh, got to go out for a round. Yeah. At, uh, Glendale. And we saw him with the, with the new, uh, the new stuff there last year. And I'm sure he'll be picking up some more new stuff this year. Yeah, he's that he's that great customer where he's he's got to have the new one, right? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the new stuff, so uh, what what do we got for twenty twenty two here? I see the stealth carbon wood is uh, is being marketed to me. Big love the marketing. <laughs> big big marketing guy. Big sucker from a good marketing uh, spiel. Yeah, our mark. I mean, our marketing team is definitely second to none. We we hit the ground hard uh and it's in your face but it's it's good content and uh the the the, yeah the stealth driver uh stealth entire lineup but the carbon wood that the driver is kind of the real story right it's kind of some brand new technology it's not exactly brand new it's been tried in the past by a couple of other companies but with no real success this is the first time where companies kind of made a huge sort of all in play with going with carbon in the face of the driver. Um, you know, carbon has been in like every driver head in the past, you know, call it probably five years from every company, just because, you know, it's lighter, it's easier to shape, uh, engineers love it. Cause when you, when you can use how light it is to save weight, you can move weight other places in the head to make it more forgiving and make the ball speed faster. So then the idea was, okay, well, how can we make the face out of carbon too? So, um, they've basically been at this for call it 20 years they've said, and and then really ramping it up in the last three years because the, the concept's always been there, but it was, you know, all the sort of mock trials or prototypes they made weren't up to snuff or they would break or a number of different problems. And, now. and it um, takes a while to grow a carbon wood tree. <laughs> <laughs> just, just pull, exactly. just pull all those, uh, carbon carbon fiber hoods off those yeah. old Pontiac sun fires that are all souped up and just use those. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was wondering what uh, region the carbon wood trees are native to, but I couldn't find that. <laughs> That's true. That's exactly right. So finally we've harvested enough of them down in a uh, secret location and, uh, and we're ready to bring it out, but, uh, no, it's, it's been pretty cool, um, seeing it come to life. And, and when we, when we saw it for the first time was last, call it last fall. Um, it was, it was, I mean, I've only been with the company for four years, but some of the guys that have been there for 10 years were like, you know, we get this, we get this song and dance every year at our sales meeting about how this is the new one. But they were like, this is truly the best one we've seen because it's a totally new story. No one's had this carbon face driver for a, for a long time or one that was, that has even worked. Um, and, 
And so it's just a better way to, to transfer energy into the golf ball and face. And because it's lighter, you can make the face bigger. So it's more forgiving. And because it's lighter, you can make the, the, the weight of the club back more. So more forgiving that way. So it just has all these really good benefits to it um that we've kind of as a company taylor made us say it said we're done with titanium drivers we're not making them anymore we're carbon moving forward so it's going to be real interesting to see if you know some of our competitors um kind of copycat that in the future or if uh or if it's kind of our thing, right? Um, because I mean, this the the start to the year. I mean, we're only early March here, but um, sales have been amazing. It's been great out of the gate. We're already kind of back ordered on some heads already. Um, if you look on the PGA Tour, we've had four winners so far on PGA Tour using the carbon wood driver, and none of them have been our contracted guys. So like Sepp Straka, who won last week uh scotty scheffler who won uh in phoenix hudson swafford won in palm springs and there was a fourth i can't remember it right now but these are all guys that have no contract or they're contracted by other companies but they're playing our carbonoid right um so that's pretty cool and we haven't really even had rory dj um tiger come out of the gates yet so once they do uh, and I mean, Rory shot seven hundred today's leading. So um, once once our big guns come out of the gate too, I think I think it's going to be a record setting year for for TaylorMade and our driver. Yeah, it looks badass. I mean, uh, <laughs> even the customizable uh, face, you know, and, and maybe that was available last year with the uh, twist face or whatever, but I mean, that's pretty cool. That's custom is huge right now in every aspect, right? People want exactly what they want. And yeah, just seeing like, I guess, different color options and I think uh, different head colors and I don't even know how you change the face of a, of a golf club, but yeah, I mean, uh, like that, that you're, you're spot on We're we're moving to a, a, a huge amount of customization and, and with the, my stealth program where, I mean, the big story with this driver is that it's a red face, right? I mean, I, we had the white head with the rocket balls and, um, some other, you know, there's been some other companies do some, some different color things that the, the big thing is getting it seen on TV, seen, seen on tour, something that stands out. Right. And then people see it and, Whoa, I want to try that. So, uh, the red face is one thing that's pretty neat and it's got a good, good response, but yeah, that my stealth program, you can go online and, and build your own, uh, driver. And there's like, like you said, a, a number of different colors you can put and you can make the face a different color. You can get green, yellow, purple, and you can do different stuff on the bottom of it. Um, we have that with the wedges and putters too, where you can like stamp your initials on or put some symbols. So, uh, that's definitely definitely the way golf's going uh people want their own unique stuff that that no one else can get and if you can get it for you know just a little bit more than what the retail cost is why wouldn't you if, you, if you're willing to spend all that money to get yourself a brand new one make it even cooler right so uh it's yeah it's it's a step in the right direction for us absolutely yeah, well, it um, sounds like it's a it's a pretty busy time for for you guys now. We're kind of wrapping up with, or ramping up with the the new year. So, how often do you actually get to go out and and play the game of golf? 
That's that's a great question. Um, my less than I used to. Uh, obviously, I mean now I have I have a two and a half year old daughter, and uh, my wife is. We're expecting another uh, boy come up in May. Mm. So I'm going to have two. So this year I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say it'll be the least golf that I've played in the next, in the last 10 to 15 years. But um, I do still, I mean, that is the uh, huge perk of my job is that I'm at the golf course all the time for work. So sometimes I can sneak it in, call it work golf. Um, these, <laughs> the tournaments I like to play um, are part of it. Uh, I, I like to play in the Monday putter league. I've mentioned that before mm-hmm. at Breezy Bend and that's Mondays. Um, so I won't probably won't play every week, but you know, um, at least a few of them. And then uh, Breezy Bend is Wednesday is men's night. And I have a pretty good group of guys that show up. Basically that's their night. You know, every Wednesday is their men's night and I'll play as much as I can with them. Um, and then maybe if I can sneak out on a weekend, if there's time, I, I, I try and get in. I mean, I, I'm at the course enough where I'm hitting balls or, or playing at least once a week, sometimes twice. And I like to play more, but it, it, it's a definite balancing act in the summer when it's super busy with work, with demo days, with getting around the province and even into to Thunder Bay, which is my territory too. It's, um, it's busy, but it's not that I'm not around the golf course. It's just how often I actually play. It definitely varies. Are the kids going to be golfers and are they going to be rep and tailor-made? They have no choice in the matter. Yeah. (laughs) The ultimate slap in the face (laughs) if they don't. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm my daughter, Ella. She's already, she, she recognizes the logo. One, she's, speaking a lot right now, but everything's tailor-made, tailor-made, yeah. tailor Yeah. The marketing starts young. It's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like McDonald's gets you while you're young. Not a, not a bad, yeah. uh, not a bad marketing ploy. I guess that's, I yeah. guess that's why you had to go out. Uh, do you usually do a, a golf trip with the boys? Or I guess maybe this year was most important before the second one comes along. Yeah. You nailed it spot on. Yeah. We, I mean, it, like I said, that breezy Ben men's night that we have on Wednesdays, we have a pretty good group where there's a standing two tea times that we kind of get every week. So there's about eight of us. And then, you know, there's some that, you know, fill in or, or, you know, we have a good group where we always kind of have enough for two, two tea times. So we were doing Phoenix, uh, every winter, uh, not every winter, maybe one, one off one. Uh, so we went to Phoenix, I'd say, I think we went five times the past sort of, you know, decade. Um, and then, yeah, we just, we, two years ago, right before COVID. So, uh, February, 2020, we went to Palm Springs for, for golf trip. And, uh, I don't know if you guys have been down there, but it is the Mecca for, for golf, I would say. So we, we, just came back from there again we were there early february uh like you said spot on got get that you know guys trip out kind of where i can my wife is a very very nice and allowing me to get away for a week while she was still here in the winter and and uh we we got in a week of palm springs golf and it was like it's so hard to beat the, the weather's just perfect. There's no wind. The co- there's so many golf courses in the area and we just kind of got an Airbnb house and, uh, 
take an Uber to the course every day, play Uber back and then, you know, make a dinner or sit by the pool or the odd time we go out to the dinner, go out for dinner. But that's the thing that the, the difference between Phoenix and Palm Springs is Palm Springs kind of shuts down and call it at 7 PM. There's not too much open. Retirement community. Yeah. So now that we're, you know, kind of in our mid thirties or a couple guys are almost 40 now, it's like, you know, nightclubs are not really our thing. We like to golf, have some drinks and then kind of relax. Right. So Palm Springs is the spot where Phoenix, you're a bit younger, you know, there's, there's basketball and there's, you know, a lot more bars and, um, more, more to do there, uh, to go with your golf. And then if you kind of want to go relax golf and, and have a, just an awesome time, then you can't beat Palm Springs. Yeah. I think Mike knows about the nightlife in Phoenix. <laughs> we've had we've had some fun in phoenix uh yeah i've read some books and then we heard we sean skeen had gone to palm springs and he said there was a, some elvis impersonators or uh i forget who it was so the rat pack impersonators that were performing at the resort he was at uh every every night so and yeah not a lot of nightlife there but good golf and uh phoenix yep. certainly has some some good golf and probably some some really good nightlife that we've enjoyed. Yeah. If, uh, Mike, I don't know if you got, I know if you got one more question, then maybe we'll, we'll roll into the back nine. Yeah, I do. Okay, I do. Go, go Can I go, it. I gotta go pee. Well, ask the Can question. I go pee? Can we yeah. all, wow. Well, ask, ask the question. I really yeah. gotta pee. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, well, do I have any questions now? Oh, uh, um, yeah. Well, I really want to just touch on the, the tailor made balls. Cause, uh, it seemed like they, they came in, you know, I don't know how long they've been making balls for. Is that how long have they been making balls? I, I don't know exactly, Forever. but I think you're, 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 you're right. No, I don't think, I think out of the gate, I know the company started in 79, but they definitely didn't make balls then. So it's, yeah, de- we're they, definitely on the up, but yeah, they seem to be, uh, you know, mm, becoming a lot more popular where, uh, you know, t- uh, Titleist had the, the, uh, the crown there, but a lot more people are using the, the TP fives. I was looking at the TP five picks. I was curious what the TP five picks was. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think that we're, we're making a huge play in the golf ball market. It's kind of, in, in a lot of our global meetings, our CEO really alludes to it and says, you know, we want to be the number one ball brand in five years. So we're, we're making a huge push in golf ball because it's the number it's, it's the one piece of equipment that every single person will use every, every round. It's, it's a huge part of business. Um, so we're doing a ton of, of uh, investment in our ball and it's it's definitely made a huge jump so i remember yeah like you said call it seven seven to ten years ago it was hard to find a tailor-made ball um when i worked at breezy bend there's no we didn't even stock them right it was titleist maybe uh a little bit some of the other brands but um there was there was not a lot of tailor-made and in the last few years we put a ton of research into it a ton of r&d and and it's getting better and better and i i think it's the best ball out there right now um getting some of the world's best guys to play it um it always helps right with there was a time a couple years ago when john rom was on our staff i think four of the top five in the world were using the ball with rory and and uh 
DJ and Rom and and then he moved over. But I mean, and Ricky, yeah, and Ricky. So that leads us to the picks ball that you asked, and and the picks ball is basically Ricky's direct uh, creation or his influence on. Anyways, basically, it's visual technology on the ball that really help with chipping and putting. So they got these little pixels on it that when you line up to to putt a lot of guys like to use that line on the ball so they'll draw it on or they'll use one of those little tools to kind of write it on yeah. so the picks already has it built in for you so when you set up it up on your line when you're putting if you hit a pure putt down the line the ball rolls it spins and it looks pure it looks like you've hit stripes that are rolling right down the line right. so it really just helps with that visual alignment hmm. for the guys that like like to see that uh, and i use it i, I do like that uh, yeah. Some guys, not for everyone. Some guys like to see just white when they're putting, you know, or, or have right. less going on. But for the guys that want the alignment help, the picks is awesome. Uh, it's hmm. great. Eric. Uh, yeah. So we, we touched on the, uh, the stealth, the carbon wood, we touched on the, the balls and, uh, what I wanted to ask you about the stealth irons, because I know that's, that's new this year. And, uh, I was hoping you could, you could give us a little bit of insight on that and what new technology we can uh, expect from that and how that'll Im- improve our game. Yeah. The stealth irons are, they're going to be another, another, uh, home run for us. I think, uh, or like they're actually not even going to be on shelves until April one. So, um, you can get pre-fit for them now at, at the places like we kind of talked about, uh, like golf tech and golf town and wherever that have the indoor stuff. And I have some, so I've been doing some, some early fittings and uh just seen some crazy numbers there's a lot of technology in this iron so it is a cast iron like when you talk about forged versus cast um forged irons are the like the ones that are played on the pga tour usually the blades they're kind of a softer metal they look a little sharper usually and and you know they're about precision the cast are kind of a little bit usually bigger they call it uh, game improvement irons um Mm -hmm. they're kind of just built to to have a sweet spot all over the face Um, right so that's our stealth iron it's kind of this year we kind of only have that one option for if you want to call it a game improvement. But the thing about this stealth this year is just how sleek it looks from the back. Uh, like you, you kind of hard pressed to tell it's a, a cast game improvement iron. It, it looks super sharp and they've got this new call it toe wrap design uh, in the club, which kind of just kind of a fancy way of saying that they're, they're putting weight uh, over there so that they can move it down and back. So they're using this cap on the toe to shut, to, to close the face of the hollow body iron. So that the face flexes uh, and all the weight is at the down and back at the sole of the stealth iron. So just a rocket launcher, like for, for anyone looking for more distance in their irons, like the stealth has some crazy numbers where I'm like, yeah, I'm hitting my, that seven iron. I can fly it. 205 210 <laughs> yards like wow, it's just geez. stupid it's a seven iron and and a lot of people point to lofts and they are fairly mm-hmm. strong lofted but that's kind of the way they're built these days because yeah. because there's so much weight down and back they have to have some strong lofts or else they'll just launch into the air so it's kind of a combination of both of them that makes them go so far so um you know not necessarily but but a lot of these older gentlemen or or ladies who who 
you know, have lost some distance and are trying to get back to some numbers they were hitting, call it 10, 15 years ago with their irons. They're loving it because mm-hmm. they're getting, they're getting huge gains in ball speed. And then, um, you know, carry distance, they're hitting their seven iron 125 yards again, which, which they did call it 10 years ago and, and they've lost distance. And now they're only hitting at hundred yards and boom, put the new stealth in their hand with uh, the right shaft and they're getting that distance back again. Wow. So, um, I, I think it's going to be a huge, huge winner for us just because the ball goes so far and high, but it looks like a player's club too. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They look pretty cool. So maybe I'll have to come visit you at one of those, those fittings this year and, uh, try, try out the new stealth irons upgrade from my M fours. Yeah. I was, uh, talking to JR there. He said he was going to golf tech to Mm -hmm. do the iron fitting. So he'll definitely rip a few of the styles and, and our buddy Colin will, will give him some insights and, uh, and uh, see off, how he feels and looks with them off air. You mentioned Jr. being a little bit lower handicapper uh, than myself. He might be even have a, there might be some better options for him to, from Taylor made. Yeah. So then like I, I kind of mentioned, it goes into our P 700 series. So, um, like when I was speaking about forged versus cast, those are our forged irons. So they've got and got the chrome on them. They look sharp. They look uh, like the the tour player irons that you want to call it, right? Um, so they are a little more expensive in that range, but they they still have some some nice offerings. And the cool thing is, when you order custom irons now from us you can do combo sets, right? So if you like yeah. this, the look of a certain iron, maybe this, Oh, the 770 head, I really like the look of it, but I think I need a little more forgiveness in my call it four, five, six iron, right? Well, then you can do the 790 and that and the 770 mm-hmm. in your short irons. Um, there's no extra cost because you do it by the club. So if you're ordering by the iron, you can order a, you don't have to get a set. Like if you, if you are buying off the wall, you have to get the four pitching wedge kind of right you can't just leave three of the irons there no one's gonna buy it but if you're getting fit uh and you only want the six iron down to the pitching wedge, you can do that right you got a couple hybrids in your bag that you like or or right. if you want that stealth four or five iron you know that that you can use on long long par threes maybe you can do that so um combo sets are getting more and more popular and uh just there's tons of options to to fit your game and and you know, put you in the best position to shoot good scores for sure. Yeah. Maybe not exactly the same situation, but I, uh, I play the M fours. I think it's a, a five, five iron to pitching wedge or gap wedge. And, and I, I stole the three iron from my, uh, RBZ set. So I still have that didn't sell that away. And I actually have a two iron that I think I just found in the basement of my dad's house. And I put that in there <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I, that's I don't a know. Combo set. That's the combo set, right? <laughs> so I got a combo set, but uh, cool. Well, that, that was, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. You know, it's called the technology of golf yeah. has come so far in, in just the last 10 years. Right. And then, or in five years, right. Like, you know, yep. people who are playing iron sets that are, 15 years old you know they're they're probably missing out on on some of this stuff yeah it's uh it's looking at you i know i saw that i saw that glare (laughs) (laughs) 
Appreciate every it. year they do it. It's like how how do they do it again? But but every right. year they're finding a little bit more, and it's it's those engineers are there's some extremely smart people that are working on this to the point where it's like you should be probably working somewhere else. You're too smart for for golf clubs, but <laughs> right, but right. They just love the game. Yeah, quickly, the game. quickly. Yeah. Uh, I I read about counterfeit clubs. Are you is this a, a real thing that people are probably you know trying to imitate? Uh, these these top club brands and selling them on eBay. That's a real thing for sure. Uh, I haven't encountered a ton of it. There's been a little bit. Um, people send me. It's it's usually a, a case of if the deal's too good to be true, it probably is, right? Mm. So uh, like the the Tiger Woods the the P7TW Tiger Woods irons that we saw. I think they're like twenty six hundred bucks retail, and someone s- sent me something there. He found it. Oh, eight hundred dollars. Okay, that sounds fishy, right? And then yeah. he sent me a picture of it, and I you can just kind of tell right away. Um, I've I, it's not something I come across a lot of, but I know you know in Asia it's a huge thing, right? Mm-hmm. So some of that eventually makes its way over here, and and. I would just say if it seems too good to be true, probably is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Keep your guard up. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably buy some big counterfeit <laughs> guy. Yes, yeah, it's it's, it's Winnipeg. What can we say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's a good deal, well, eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike, Kirkland Potter, one hundred and thirty dollars. <laughs> all right i think it's time for the back nine lightning round you ready mike i'm ready you're already all right eric are you ready is it just a rapid fire fire it out yeah so it's it's a not so rapid fire allotment of uh of about nine questions so we call it the back nine lightning round perfect sometimes it's fast sometimes it's slow you can feel free to elaborate on some answers and we usually pipe in with our commentary we do we do so kicking it off here eric have you ever got a hole in one Three hole in ones, uh, including on a par four. Netley Creek, Whoa. hole seventeen. Whoa. Whoa. I'm trying to remember hole seventeen. Is that the one that goes left around the marsh? Yeah. Big, big dog leg left over a marsh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean that's amazing. If you want to hear the story, it's not again, we're not rapid firing out of oh, the gate. We want to oh, hear the story. Fine. I'll keep it quick in that uh a friend of mine wanted me to come play in his company work tournament and like be his ringer. And I'm like, I do not want to do this. Like, I don't want to go to your work tournament. I don't work there. I don't care. I don't want to play for your, but he begged me and I had nothing else going on. So I said, fine. Sure enough, we go to Netley Creek, which I've never played before. And I get a hole in one on a par four. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they're like, word gets around and everyone's like, who, who's this yeah. guy? It's like, oh, it's this, this guy's friend that he brought Eric like, from the mail room. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like, Oh, perfect. I'm trying to keep a low profile and I get a hold. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, how far is, how far is that? Like, you know, probably 300 or something. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those holes where you can cut the corner. Right. So I think right. the, the scorecard has it at way further than it is, but yeah. it's probably yeah around 300 probably to get there. And then we got up there and then it was in the hole and there was these guys behind the green and we were like, did you 
did you put it in? And they're like, no. And we're like, okay, then that's where it is. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, incredible. And, and the other two, uh, the other two, one was in, uh, a Bison's tournament in Fargo. Mm. So that one was cool. Yeah. And then I got one at Breezy Bend on hole seven, just playing like a morning round a few years ago. April 29th, 2015 to be exact. Okay. My Instagram said that. <laughs> I do, do all my uh, deep research on Instagram, but uh, that's go. awesome. I mean, a hole in one on par four. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's, that, that's pretty, pretty cool. Not too many of those around, but no. yeah. Well, this one might be obvious, uh, uh, but what is your preferred golf ball brand or model? <laughs> So I'm a TB5X PIX. So we have wow. TB5 and 5X. The X is the firmer feeling one, uh, a little bit more ball speed, goes a tiny bit higher and further. And then I like that PIX like we talked about for the for the putting aid. Okay. And then, so the non-X is, is softer? Is yep, it? just a little softer core, or sorry, um, cover. So it feels a little softer uh, and it'll spin a little bit more and fly a little bit lower. So, um, I mean, it, they're, they're pretty close. It's it, the feel is the biggest thing. You can feel the difference in each and some people like a firmer and some people like the softer. Right. And it, the picks, do they have those certain pictures on them? Because I know I was looking on the website today and there was a pretty cool, uh, there was a Canada one and then, you know, lots yep. of NFL stuff, NFL PA, uh, the college stuff. Do you have, yep. do you have your face on the ball? <laughs> not yet no um the only ones that we have access to are the the stock ones and the canada ones those uh those nfl ones are exclusive online things but i think in the future you're gonna see uh that kind of be customizable i'm gonna say because i know that like obviously the tech is there to do it they right. just have to kind of scale it and then i think you're going to be able to see you know 18 over par picks if you want to yeah, order right. them right so they right. Yes, that's right. Coming, coming this April, <laughs> probably like April 2025. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Next one. What is your favorite course to play in Manitoba? Uh, I think my favorite course to play is Granite Hills. I, okay. um, I think it's the most sort of picturesque scenic most fun um i yeah that would I, if you're gonna say favorite i'm gonna i'm gonna go ground hills and Good it's, answer, I think, yeah. uh, if i'm not mistaken that is the mid-am host this year right it is yeah that's cool so that'll be a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, fingers crossed i can let make sure the wife lets me play that one too <laughs> ditto Ditto. Yes. Can we <laughs> oh, yeah. can we come watch? Are there spectators at the mid am? Uh, yeah. Like depending on COVID, I think no, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. The last two years, you're not supposed to because of COVID, which is oh. we won't get into that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> um, now I think yeah, it should be good to go again. Is there a, so next question here? Is there anything any courses in Manitoba that you've never played before that you you want to get out to a bucket list course in Manitoba? Yeah, I want to play Buffalo Point. I've heard it's really nice. Um, I've never been there. And I've also heard 
Oak Island is very nice, which is just past mm. Brandon. Um, so those are two that I've got to get to at some point. Um, they just like, they have very, very small pro shops. Like no one really would buy their equipment from there. So I don't have a real reason to go there for work, but I've got to kind of drop it in as an excuse maybe and see if I can sign them up for an account as I go out there and play <laughs> Buffalo point. So <laughs> we'll, we'll try and work that in this summer. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm heading out to Oak Island, uh, first week of June. So that'll be good. Never played there nice. before. Heard a lot of good things. A lot of people, uh, from season one said Oak Island, uh, was one of their favorite courses and, and one of their bucket list courses. And, uh, yeah. uh, Buffalo point JR, that's yes. his bucket list, mm-hmm. uh, course in Manitoba too. So they got a great course out there and great resort. You could like stay and play packages. Uh, it's always a fun weekend up there. Nice. Uh, so you can just give me, you know, a case of balls and I can, uh, kind of be your tech guy for the right. weekend. Uh, I'll, I'll go to Oak Island and say, Hey, you know, you guys, you guys, uh, got to sell some more tailor-made stuff. You can sprinkle them all over the course. For me so <laughs> come in asking for them. Exactly. You will anyways, just give them a, a dozen and they'll be all over that course. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's this? Uh, so what, Next question here. I'm sure you've played some beautiful courses. What is the most memorable course that you have ever played? That's a good question. Um, I, so when I was 18, I won a junior tournament and I got to go on like a CJ junior golf team Canada thing. We got to go to Scotland. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I left that out in my 45 minutes during my golf <laughs> life. Um, but that was pretty cool. Um, we stayed like right near the old course. We There was a draw. They got one tee time and there was 12 of us. So they did a draw and I didn't win. Um, oh so I got to caddy for like my quote unquote team members uh, to walk the old course. And then at night, the you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like just like a public place. So we walked around it. We took our wedge and putter. We, we hit nice. some shots on one and 18 wow. at the old course. So that's gotta be up there. Um, I'd say in Canada, a few years ago, the Canadian mid was at Victoria golf club. And that's gotta be my number one that I've played in, in Canada so far. Uh, it was unbelievable. It's right on the ocean. There's some, in, like the green complexes there are some of the craziest that you'll ever see. And, uh, it's short. It's like 6,100 yards and a national championship. The winning score I think was even par. So yeah, that just wow. kind of shows you how, how that course is. So in, in the Canada, I'd say, uh, Victoria golf club. Good answers. Good answers. I played St. Andrews. JR's laughing at me because I mention this every time. But like you said, it's so cool. It's just downtown. The whole downtown area is like, it's just cool old buildings. And then it just yeah. opens up into the old course. And and like you said, it's a public place. And on Sundays too, people like just walk their dogs on the old course. And yeah, there's no tea times on Sunday except for when the open is there. Right. Yeah. That, that's cool. Did you get on with a local? 
No. Uh, so I waited in queue. I got there at two 30 AM in the morning and just waited. I was fourth in line. And then I was able to be slotted in into like an opening. And I went later in this, I went in like October. So there was a, I guess it probably wasn't the busiest time. Imagine if you go midsummer, it might be a little busier. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. It was tough, tough to get in. JR's rolling his eyes here. He's heard this story a thousand times. <laughs> well, moving on, moving on. We don't want to bore the co-host of the podcast. <laughs> Maybe I'll start my, me and Eric can start our own podcast yeah, called St. Andrews. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be one of those sleep stories on calm or something like that. On the I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, all right. So what would be your bucket list course to play anywhere in the world? Oh, it's Augusta national hands down. I don't sure. know how, or who I have to kill or do what to play there, but like, it's gotta be the number one, just like the masters is my favorite tournament. It's so fun to watch. And like it's bucket list just to get there, you know, to go watch, to walk around. Definitely got to do that at some point. Um, yeah, again, I have no idea how I'll ever get to play it, but it would, uh, if it was anything in the realm of possibility, I'd probably have to do it. Yeah. You would think there would be some sort of like a tailor-made passes that you could get into. Well, there was uh, a few years ago, there was like the tailor-made rep of the year got to go to Augusta, like that award. So a few of the guys that I've now, like my, you know, other reps in the country that I talk to all the time have gone, but they, I think they've done away with it just because, I think it had to do with a Canadian, uh, a Canadian guy was a member there that was able to like hook it up. And then I think he died. I could be completely Mm -hmm. wrong on that, but I think that's what happened. So some of those guys are lucky enough to have gone, but yeah, I don't know. Keep working my way up or something. I think so. I mean, you did win, you did win the, uh, PGA of Manitoba salesperson of the year, the inaugural winner. Right. I don't know. If right. just, I don't know if they just made that up for you, for, uh, for you, but, uh, yeah, I think right. the prize should be, uh, you know, some tickets to Augusta. I agree. Yeah. hundred percent. Come on, PJ. We'll Manitoba. talk to uh steeper. Is he not the, he's the president this year. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. PJ and the 18 over par guys want to go to Augusta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, make it happen. Make it happen. Steeper. Um, all right. Next one here. Uh, what is your career low round and where? Uh, career low is a 63 and that's in Phoenix at a course called Palm Valley, I think. And my career low in a tournament is 64. Uh, that's at Portage in the amateur a few years ago. Oh, cool. Um, so that's, I mean, your career round should be your, in a tournament where you're in, you know, when it actually counts. So that's we'll go with that. Sure, unless you've never been in a tournament like myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. That's those are pretty good. Uh, I you know Portage is some as a course I haven't been to in uh, probably five years or no ten years. Jr, have you played Portage? No, haven't. Yeah, it's a cool little course, and they got some water there, and it's I don't know if that's a river going back and forth, but 
yeah, you play on the island. It's nice. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, this is one we added uh, season two here. All right. We'll call it a wild card, but uh, what, what would you change about the game of golf? If you could. And last episode, I said uh, I would change the name, which uh, not likely. Uh, however, Whizbang is getting a lot of votes on our Twitter poll. Yes. And uh, JR, I think, said in, I in a professional space, uh, just making the game a little bit funner. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, there's a lot that you could. I mean, people talk about it all the time. I, I still think that it's like you should be at like slow play is such an issue, right? It's mm-hmm. like, why can't me and my buddies play 18 holes in three and a half hours, drinking the entire time, finishing our rounds? Like we're not just picking it up um, and, you know, we're shooting our best score. Like we're trying our best. We all shoot and call it the seventies and we can play in well under four hours. And you get some guys out there that are four and a half, five hours and it's just painful. And I mean, that's not changing something about golf. I don't know. Can you nominate? You can boot those people off the course. I don't know. (laughs) That's just what came to my mind. Um, That is a good point though. That is very valid. I like that. Yeah. I don't, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to change a lot about it. I love the sport I think it's great. I, uh, I say the classic cliche of make it more accessible for more people to play and, and get the speed of it up. So, you know, you can get more people out there. Yeah. That's that you hear that quite a bit. Yeah. So we'll have to, we'll have to figure that one out. Maybe it's, maybe it's leaving the pin in. <laughs> I hate leaving the pin. Yeah, that's, that's Mike's favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> not, not After particularly. I just, <laughs> I just, I really, uh, you know, I, t- I, I don't mind leaving it in, you know. But, uh, man, I don't know. I obviously my gameplay or skill level. Uh, I don't know if it's helping or not. So. It's not I like, don't think I, I have no problem with that being the option, leaving it in like, sure. If you want to leave it in, leave it in. But mm-hmm. I hated the COVID rule of you couldn't take it out. I hated it so much. Right. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. And for people that have putted one way their whole life, looking at the hole, it made it look smaller. And you, mm-hmm. No, you can't take it out. I was like, Oh, I hated it. <laughs> so that'll be a whole nother 45 yeah. minutes. You sent a lot of, <laughs> you sent a lot of angry letters to the province in the last two years regarding yes. that that rule. Yeah, surprising yeah. you got salesperson of the year and yet you couldn't make that change you couldn't sell the province on uh, allowing us to take <laughs> out the sticks in the hole <laughs> i tried my hardest and and no they agreed with me but wouldn't switch it so i didn't oh, know what okay. to do all right all right okay, so. uh maybe tailor-made engineers can work on like a, a holographic uh, pin that way we don't nobody has to touch it i don't know i just hope we never have to do that again yeah agreed yeah. call up the same guys who did the hologram of uh uh what's his name tupac tupac that's the guy i was thinking easy e because he we got easy e right, here yeah but, easy e. yeah but uh tupac yeah anyways moving on uh we we digress our uh our flagship question of the back nine lightning round um 
what is your favorite condiment? <laughs> uh, sriracha. Sriracha. Sure. Oh. Yeah. I think got that, that a that, few times. Yeah, we had. Uh, was Levy, did he mention that? A couple of last times. Last year? Yeah, sriracha. Right. Levy good. can't handle the heat. He can't handle the heat. <laughs> I think I Levy's uh, favorite condiment was milk. <laughs> That's not a condiment. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just throwing shade. Just throwing shade. Nothing, nothing like a soggy milk riddled hot dog bun <laughs> to stick your teeth into. <laughs> I had a day. part, a part B to this that has nothing related to condiments. I was wondering what your favorite scotch was, but we touched on scotch mm. earlier but what's your top your top whiskey that you're your go-to my favorite one i've had is probably uh glenn Fittick winter storm Ooh. yeah it, it's uh it was a gift my wife bought for me a few years back it's it's on the pricey side for sure i don't know if they even make it around anymore it was like a special release and i still have it it's like on my absolute top shelf where i kind of only have one every so often so i've had it for years and it's not even done so that's how you know i savor it but it's it's pretty unreal we'll have to uh we'll have to check that out yeah i love the name glenn glenn fiddick Winter storm. We certainly winter had lots storm. of winter storms this this year. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what it's called. Better be called that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, that it's that wraps up the uh, back nine. Yeah, that's the back nine lightning round, and uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming on. We're gonna hopefully uh, hook you up with some goodies from the Nick and Nikki group of uh, DQs. You can uh, find them DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the Food Court, DQ Niverville, and DQ. St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. And I know, EJ, you are on Instagram, but if people wanted to either get a fitting or get a hold of you or find out how they can get uh, tailor-made stuff that you've been talking about this episode, how do they go about doing that if they want to connect with you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, usually pretty open to answering those DMs and directing people where they need to go. Like I said, uh, you know, public players are generally golf tech, golf town, uh, private guys. I usually make at least one stop at their course per year, if not a couple. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can kind of put you in the, in, in the hands of the correct people to, to help you out if it's not me exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think my, I don't even know what's my Twitter handle, easy E12 or something like that. You can put it in the show notes. So you find it. <laughs> well, we yeah. will. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll track you down and we'll, uh, we'll put it in there, but appreciate you taking the time and uh, chatting with us uh, this evening and yeah, have yourself a, a great evening. Enjoy the rest of that uh, Irish whiskey, unless if you're already done, but uh, nonetheless, we really appreciate you taking the time. Have yourself a wonderful evening and we'll chat with you next time. Bye-bye. And you can count. On me, waiting for you in the parking lot. The 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast is brought to you by GlobalMedia.ca. Nothing cripples a business like a lack of leads and sales, especially during the pandemic. I don't need to tell you, COVID-19 has been one of the biggest economic hiccups we've ever encountered, yet smart businesses are still surviving and thriving. If you need more clients, Global Media is for you. More specifically, if you'd like to know exactly how to get 5, 10, 30, even 50 plus high value 
dream clients every month with predictability and consistency. Sounds pretty fucking great, doesn't it? Globalmedia.ca is for you. Just checking out the website, you'll find a free COVID-19 marketing playbook and a free report on how to double or even triple your sales in the next 90 days, even during COVID. It's fucking phenomenal. Better yet, you can test drive their services for free. You don't have to pay them a dime until you get those coins tickling the bottom of your jean pocket. They don't get paid until you get paid. Now, they're not cheap, but they get shit done. They're not some company that'll give you 30 shitty leads for a thousand bucks or something like that, and they go take your money and disappear overnight. Globalmedia.ca is a Winnipeg born and raised. Check them out today and grab the free playbook and the report. Globalmedia.ca.